Hey everyone, it's Pacific. Uh, I got a bunch of cool stuff to talk about, so I'm going to try and rush through it as quickly as possible. First, I'm excited to announce the first official piece of SCP merchandise. Now, we do already have some stuff on our Patreon. Uh, this is the first product we're offering outside of our Patreon, and that is a custom USB cassette tape. It looks like a cassette, it's actually USB, and it has the entire first season of the SCP archives on it. Fully edited, no ad breaks, no cuts, all for you. If you're interested in checking it out, you can find it at audiobooksontape.com SCP. Second, this week's patrons. I want to give a really big shout out to Sawyer Zock, Chase Dorici, Chase Dorichur. You may or may not be the same person. I did send you a PM just to make sure you didn't actually sign up twice. Also want to mention Cortez Gray, Catnip Circuitry, Brooke Prado, Thanks for the Nightmares, Robin Clark, Hypertime, SK Pac-Man, Knitted Sweater, Joshua Kennedy, Whiteball, Benjamin Price, and Orbit of Normal. Thanks, guys. Your support means the world. And now, without further ado, this week's episode. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number, SCP-3011. Object class, Euclid. Special containment procedure. Except for purposes of approved experimentation, instances of SCP-3011 must not come within 100 meters of any nautical paraphernalia or similar items. This includes, but is not limited to, images of anchors, boats, submarines, or waves. SCP-3011 is to be contained in commercially available large terrariums suitable for housing small lizards. Each terrarium is to house no more than six instances of SCP-3011. Additional terrariums are to be made available should specific instances need to be separated. Each terrarium should contain items relevant to SCP-3011's needs. Should the number of SCP-3011 instances exceed that of 100, staff are permitted to call the population to 90 individuals. Description. SCP-3011 is a population of 90 northern blue-tongued skinks. Each instance of SCP-3011 is sapient and capable of speech. Isolated instances display limited problem-solving capacity. In groups, SCP-3011 instances are capable of cooperation and division of labor. Each instance of SCP-3011 is unique. Some instances have shown aggressive behavior while others exhibit differing individual personalities. Aggressive instances of SCP-3011 tend to stay far away from the main group and display solitary behavior typical of non-anomalous blue-tongued skinks. Instances of SCP-3011 speak in high-pitched voices. SCP-3011's speech is commonly interpreted to being enthusiastic by attending personnel. Typical topics of SCP-3011 conversation are the weather, bad omens, maritime navigation, foreign adventurism, and braggadocious sexual conquests. At night, the backs of SCP-3011 produce a shimmering bioluminescence. 
Caretakers have observed this resembles the moon reflecting off the sea. SCP-3011 self-replication begins when exposed to prohibited paraphernalia. Instances of SCP-3011 will become aroused and engage in a mating ritual. All instances able to view one another will begin moving in unison. This rhythmic movement is noted to be enthusiastic and vigorous. No sexual intercourse is noted to occur. At the peak of activity, SCP-3011 will shed their tail, usually as a result of violent gyrations or flailing. If left undisturbed, tails shed in this manner will grow into full instances of SCP-3011 within approximately one minute, with a head emerging from the stump and arms and legs growing out of the tail sides. These juvenile instances are indistinguishable from normal blue-tongued skinks, apart from their anomalous properties. In some cases, new instances of SCP-3011 produced via this process exhibit severe deformities or are stillborn. The instances that survive often show very minor changes in body pattern or tongue color. However, due to the accumulation of these changes, later generations differ significantly from the progenitor. Addendum 3011.2 Interview conducted from Dr. Gao with four instances of SCP-3011. This is the second attempt at interviewing SCP-3011 due to the first interview being interrupted by SCP-3011's erratic nature. There were four instances of SCP-3011, named SCP-3011-1, SCP-3011-2, SCP-3011-3, and SCP-3011-4. Where are you from? Oh, we're a long way from our home, my boy. Born on the raging sea, you see? We don't make it to land, at least not that we plan. And now here we be. All right, but how did you get here? Didn't she bring us here on a ship of steel and electricity? There we were. Here we be. All instances of SCP-3011 appear to dance in an excited manner. Well, I guess it is a ship to you, huh? But back to my original question. Before we took you in our ship, how did you get here, to this land? Did you swim? Not all of us can swim, boyo, but all of us can sail. I and sail we did. We've been sailing for a long time, since afore you were a mite, an egg in your mother's cloaker. You sailed? What did you sail on? Are you not too small to sail? <laughs> too small, says he. He should talk. This one, a captain's companion, too soft for life at sea. We sailed, we did. On logs, on fronds, on flotsam and jetsam. Boats, too, we did. Don't forget the actual boats. Those were later acquisitions. We didn't start with boats. All SCP-3011 instances nodded each other. The boats were later acquisitions. Can you elaborate on how you got the boats? I wasn't on the crew yet, do you know? Nay, lad, that was before my time at sea. Twas my time, lads. We were there when the first boat sailed. There's a long pause between instances of SCP-3011 and Dr. Gao. We were just a young skink then, barely a cabin boy, floating on a bit of freezing kelp we were. Then a group of your kind went past, paddling in the sea, stowed away we did, among their baskets we hid. So, let me get this right. You made small rafts of wood, then managed to get on board an actual ship and hide in baskets. How did you go from baskets to ships? <laughs> we don't build boats, my boy. We sail. We're sailors. We take what the sea brings us. 
In fairness to the soft man, there is some ambiguity in my tale. We hopped aboard canoes, paddled by whalers seeking whales. That must have been... Before sail? Your tale is rather interesting. But you're not explaining to me how you went from hiding in baskets to actually sailing ships. At this point, a guard standing at the door inside the room adjusts their sleeve, revealing a tattoo of an anchor. All instances of SCP-3011 notice. They begin to dance wildly. Oh well, you'll see. Ride the waves to hunt the whale. All instances of SCP-3011 continue to dance wildly. SCP-3011-4 sheds its tail. The baskets were on the ships, and on ships we stayed. On canoes, rafts, and oar ships. Whoa, whoa, calm down. SCP-3011-4's tail has come off and starts to regrow. Soon after, all instances of SCP-3011 shed their tails, which soon start to regrow. All dances coming from SCP-3011 intensify. SCP-3011 tails instantly start to regrow into new instances of SCP-3011. All hands on deck! All hands on deck! Storm's brewing. Storm's coming. Shit. This wasn't on fire. Dr. Gao stands, surprised by SCP-3011's tail regrowing new limbs. The Shed Tales are now completely new instances of SCP-3011. They join in the chorus being sung by their original instances. Singing halts after exactly two minutes. Nautical talk continues after. More tales are being dropped from the second generation of SCP-3011. Son, have you ever been to the eye of a hurricane? No. You pass through the veil of rain and wind and storm to a place of calm. Serenity! While all around you the world howls. At this point it is noted that SCP-3011-4 loses its nautical accent. Sometimes you're there for hours. Sometimes minutes. But there is only one way out. Other instances of SCP-3011 continue dancing. Staff has described it as a seething, stormy sea. The color patterns on their back begin to light up in a display of colors. Many instances of SCP-3011 have continued to multiply, and have by now filled at least half the room. Son, do you hear me? Do you understand? Statement appears to be directed at Gao as SCP-3011-4 stands in a clearing of other SCP-3011 instances. Dr. Gao is silent. You need to come to the eye of the storm. The guard on duty can be seen trying to open the door, but their attempt fails. If you don't swim, you'll sink, Doctor. Tales from other SCP-3011 instances on the ceiling fall and land on Dr. Gao as full instances of SCP-3011. The guard at the door begins to open fire upon instances of SCP-3011, having failed to escape. Swim, boy. Swim! Staff have speculated that at this point, SCP-3011-4 resembles the eye of a storm in a hurricane. The guard has since been fatally crushed under the weight of swarming SCP-3011 instances. Then blow ye winds and blow, and a roving I will go. I'll stay no more on England's shore to hear sweet music play. For I'm on the move to me own true love, ten thousand miles away. SCP-3011-4 crawls over to Dr. Gao. Swim! As Dr. Gao wades towards SCP-3011-4, there are several fragments of sentences being said by instances of SCP-3011. Too much ice! Too much. Dr. Gao has managed to get to SCP-3011-4. The interview table gently floats on the horde of SCP-3011. Hold on tight. We're not through this yet. The structural integrity of the interview room fails. Containment breach causing seven casualties as a result, with Dr. Gao not being recovered. Audio log drowned out by SCP-3011 vocalizations.
Current number of SCP-3011 instances in containment, 5,187. The old man felt a pain in his gut, something quite unlike anything he'd ever felt in his life before. He drifted for a long time, before he landed here, on this world, and he'd slept in the depths of this world's sea for a long time as well. Though, not as long as he'd spent in the void. He could still remember the bright, burning stars, the brightest of reds, the shining yellows, and the dim and dying white stars, or the gigantic short-lived blues. Those would burn brightest, and, as the old phrase on candles would attest, burn shortest. Here in the sea, there was only the dark and the quiet, and the world of life coming into existence inside himself. He'd felt them digging, clawing, scratching, for a very long time. More recently, he'd felt them walking, burning, building. He knew his time was coming to a close. When the final moments came at last, he felt a great pain at first. Then, for a brief moment, he felt he could see again. And he was in the void, with nothing impeding his vision. He saw that the sea was blue, and he thought it was beautiful. Dr. Reginald Filbert, Lionel Archibald Westington House, Wondertainment 3, MD, PhD, DDS, Esquire, was a man with very simple goals. The most basic and most driving of these was to make people happy. So it was that, when his patented Wondertainment Grumpunters trademark began to go off with numbers far higher than they had ever been before, he took it upon himself to go out and find the source of the trouble. That is how the good doctor found himself in the Wonder Mo boat with Humphrey, 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 and three of the doctor's finest English bulldogs, and Humphrey at the helm. In the middle of the Pacific Ocean, sitting on the seat next to the Wondertainment, was his well-trusted Wonderbeam, trademark, guaranteed to shoot pure, unfiltered wonder into the souls of even the biggest grumps. As he was coming up on the source of the grumpiness, Wondertainment couldn't help but smile in anticipation of curing this particular case of the grumps. He turned to the grumpometer, trademark, display on his console, and saw that the grump was a mile to starboard. He turned that way and saw a very, very large wave moving towards him. He looked to Humphrey, 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 and Humphrey, chuckled, and gave the closest of them a hug. Then the wave hit them. The boat turned skyward, briefly, and as he stared into the beautiful blue sky above them, Dr. Wondertainment had a strange thought. I wish I'd had time to raise a daughter. Then, the abyss took him. A person was sitting on the dock of a small island in the middle of the ocean, writing idle musings in their journal. The birds were flying, the sea rolling, and ships sailing, and people enjoying their evening. They stopped a moment. Something seemed off. They looked up from the journal, to the birds, to the people, then to the sea. Except, the sea was not there. It had receded. This is unexpected, they thought to themselves. Low tide isn't for another few more hours, and the waters have drawn back even further than that already. But unexpected doesn't need to be bad. I think I'll go out and look at the tide pools. The person walked down to the dock, back to the shore, enjoying the sounds of children playing in the tide pools, of people chattering, of life simply happening. They wrote something down in the journal, and then breathed in deeply, taking in the smell of the sea. 
They'd reached the shore and had been walking down the ocean for a few minutes at this point. Then they heard a scream. The person stopped, turned around, and saw the people on the shore running inland, away from the ocean. They turned back to the ocean and saw a wave the likes of which few people have ever seen, and even fewer have survived. They jotted a short note in their journal, tore out the page, turned to the sea one final time, and let the wave of blue-tongued skinks take them. A small team of aid workers would later find a note that said, simply, The reptilian sea calls to me, and I answer her. SCP-3011 was written by Blaroth. Strange Things Happen at Sea was written by Agent MacLeod. Our host and narrator was John Grills. Dr. Gao was Karim Kronfi. One was Pacific Obadiah. Two was Claudia Menabar. Three was Daniel Gracie. And four was Graham Rowett. Our music is by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons. And I'm your showrunner and sound designer, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our producer is Tom Owen. And this is a bloody disgusting show. For more information, visit bloody-disgusting.com. <laughs>